Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of cleantech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back. It's Tactical Tuesday. Practical advice on building your business or career and excelling, growing with us here in the clean energy revolution. And one of the ways you can get very practical and tactical in the new year is by attending trade shows. One of the easiest ways to kick off the trade show season is with the annual crowd favorite, Intersolar. Not the least of which because it's hosted in sunny Southern California in the middle of January. And if you would like to know more before you go, that's what today's episode is all about. Tune in as I ask questions about networking, exhibit hall, favorite event, and specifics around the solar games, one of my favorite activities from three folks deep inside the know about how Intersolar works. If you like these kinds of deep dives into the minds of the folks on the front lines of the clean energy transition, well, you're in the right place because we do this twice a week here on Suncast. Tactical episodes like this one on Tuesdays and long form executive profiles on Thursdays. Occasionally, we'll do a reflection episode on Fridays and we often do things live from trade show floors like Intersolar. Today's episode is going to get you ready to go to San Diego and meet with us January 17 to 19 at the San Diego Convention Center. Let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we dig into another practical, tactical episode here on Suncast. Let's kick everything off with Candace Letizia, Marketing Director for Intersolar North America and Energy Storage North America. Candace, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me, Nico. I'm thrilled to be here. Candace, I'm thrilled to chat with you because in a few days, relatively speaking, 10,000 of our closest friends will be joining us in San Diego for what is the annual kickoff to the solar conference season, none other than InterSolar and Energy Storage North America in sunny San Diego, expecting over 500 exhibitors, over 100 speakers, and so much networking, your mind will be numb. Uh, I wanted to get a chance to have, since you are, as marketing director, the person that helps coordinate not just uh, the activities on site, but ensuring that folks know where to go. Uh, I wanted to give you a chance to share with folks anything that might be new and novel not to miss this year. But I want to start with the thing that, candidly, I think most people are attracted to. I'm not going to say that's why most people go, because obviously the conference piece is very important, but the expo hall is the anchor around which people schedule meetings, get to see new technology, get to hang out with their friends, et cetera. And my coolest feature, I did a video on this back in 2022 when I went to InterSolar um, for the for my first time post-pandemic, uh, was this, I think you call it Wayfinder. And it's very cool. I'd love for you to yes. talk about that uh, that tool that, in my opinion, is one of the unique things about uh, how easy InterSolar is to navigate. Certainly. And this actually ties into one of our new initiatives for 2024, which is we're partnering with uh, Meet Green, and they're a sustainable events management company to better track and manage our sustainability efforts on site. 
So this year, we're really striving for a balance of both physical signage and digital navigational tools to make sure event goers have what they need to really easily get to where they want to go, whether it's Mm. down in the exhibit hall or up in the conference sessions. So as you mentioned, uh, we do have a physical wayfinder. And it's a little bit of uh, Wizard of Oz style to me when you first walk into the exhibit uh, hall. Uh, there's going to be a, a nice little display with colored uh, floor ribbons going down from it and actually helping you navigate to that same color-coded area. Um, in addition to that, we'll also have this interactive floor map within our mobile app, um, also color-coded to that same physical wayfinder. Again, so you can just really easily know where you are and get where you want to go. So as you were talking, I started looking for my version of a video that basically said, check this out. This is their Wayfinder. And this was uh, in the Long Beach Convention Center that very accurately tells you where you're going. Energy storage, energy storage, North America stage. It's, uh, I think that the concept is brilliant. And uh, I give, you know, th- two thumbs up. Um, it's one of those, it's a, it is an underappreciated element. The ability to so elegantly in, engage with your audience without them feeling like you're telling them what to do or where to go. I found it really quite approachable, right? And even though I wasn't going to the energy storage stage, I having done Power Up Live at um, RE Plus uh, have constantly had folks come up to me and say, how do I find your stage? And I, and so I know, I feel the pain of those folks that are speaking as uh, industry thought leaders on these stages and you genuinely don't know how to find them. So I love that. Um, now, one of the biggest frustrations I know folks have with uh, the exhibit hall at, at every trade show is you, you set up meetings, which is the number one reason why people are trying to go really. And it gets confusing and complicated to know how to navigate from one meeting to the other and how to identify where your meetings are and cluster meetings. And how are you all thinking about improving the user experience through digital and on-site? Uh, either you know, networking or how, how have you innovated on that this year, Candace? I feel like you really set me up for this one, Nico. And, you know, <laughs> this is our, our second year using an AI-powered matchmaking platform and mobile app uh, that helps registrants find and make new connections. And, you know, what we, what we learned from that first run in 2023 is that we really need a place on site for folks to schedule time to connect. And that's where our connection lounge comes in. So located in the uh, sales pavilion on the second floor of the San Diego Convention Center, the Connection Lounge is a dedicated space for uh, 20-minute meetings. It's open January 17th through 19th during exhibit hall hours. There's five rooms all themed around the top states with top solar installations, and there's also a comfortable lounge space. So to the first point, uh, we certainly encourage folks to hop in that platform, find, find new friends, old friends schedule meetings up in the Connection Lounge, but also you can schedule them, of course, with exhibitors at their booth. That would probably make them a lot happier. And when Mm. you're doing that, you can use that interactive map to navigate to the exhibitor's booth. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you (laughs) for for reading uh, both the feedback, I'm sure, forms and the minds of uh, all of us in business development who I I go to conferences because I want to network. And Specifically, I want to get around the show floor as efficiently as possible. Sure. That's one element of networking. Certainly folks are going to try to do deal making, but what about those that are going to maybe just try to find a job or 
learn about who else is there? How could the rest of folks network that don't have meetings already preset with vendors and others? Great question. And this year we have more options than ever. So we'll actually kick off the event uh, a little bit early on January 17th with our networking breakfast. It's the second year we're doing this. And this breakfast is being led by Maeve Alsup from Latitude Media. It'll feature representatives from Clearway Energy Group, Solstice, RMI, and it'll help provide some insights into workforce development. But I'll also say it's a very valuable opportunity for to make uh, connections in a smaller group setting. It's limited to 250 people. I'll add that there's less than 40 seats left. So if you're interested, sign up. And that sounds like it's maybe a paid, an additional ticket. It's an additional ticket. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it is a really solid opportunity to connect with folks at different points in their career with different specialties among common shared challenges Fantastic. and brainstorm solutions. Any chance there's a there's a media table that I could? I think get we could sneak you a spot at? for sure. Oh yeah, we'll have to get you there. <laughs> I may or may not. I may or may not take <laughs> you up on that and be and that would that would sort breakfast for me on yeah. Wednesday the seventeenth. And if you come in early, Nico, we also have new for this year a, a tour of the Vanadium Redox Flow Microgrid in Bonita, California. Oh. So where, and, and where is that located? Bonita, California. So okay. it's additional registration. Um, uh -huh. We'll be providing transportation there. It's going to be a tour led by San Diego Gas and Electric as well as Sumitomo Electric. And that one's limited to 100 people. So another really good chance to connect in a much smaller setting and actually see things out in the real world. See a big, a real world, big uh, flow battery project. The in, first in of the its kind in California. Wild. Yep. How about that? That's super cool. And that is on the Tuesday before? That is on the 16th. Yes. And it's a little bit early. It starts at 930. So that one might require a little bit of planning. Yeah, certainly. For those of you who are last minute planners, not even booking your tickets yet, try to fly in on Monday, honestly, because what I've found is there's an awful lot of folks that fly in on Tuesday. They fly in by, you know, mid morning, late morning. And there's a ton of meetings that happen the day prior. It's kind of like that, that secret that the the pro B, bd folks use is the day before the conference starts is when you have you just kind of stack a bunch of meetings so that you don't have them all stacked up and can't visit the exhibit show gotta make the most of the time and there's a lot going on on site so well let's get to that there are i'm sure some not to miss events can you give us some anchors for folks to wet the palette on what you consider to be some of the highlights of this year's show Certainly. I mean, I'll obviously give a pitch for our 512 exhibitors showcasing their solutions in the exhibit hall. And while you're in the exhibit hall, you won't want to miss the Solar Games. That's our crowd favorite solar and storage installation competition, which, Nico, you are very close to and will be working at Absolutely. this year. Yeah. Um, so that one's a fun one, right? We have eight teams from around the U.S. They're competing. Uh, the top three winners will take away a combined $16,000 in cash. Um, and it's just really lovely to see the talent in the industry come together and, you know, have a lot of fun while getting a little competitive. We've got that. We've got 24 conference sessions upstairs. We have 15 educational sessions also on the show floor in the hub. And two other really fun things, uh, our block party bash. That's a Thursday night party. Uh, you have entertainment. You've got airbrush t-shirts. You've got, you know, DJ, all kinds of fun stuff there to let out some steam. But also, where's the block party going to nope. be? Uh, that's going to be up in the sales pavilion. It's going to transform into a festival. Ah, okay. Yep. So on site, on site, at the, the yep. there. Okay. On site Good. from well, five to seven. What? What a uh, what a novel concept! I don't have to leave the convention center to enjoy the block everything party. you need in one place. Very. And cool. while you're there, you can do some good. So also new for us this year, we're doing a virtual reality golf setup. 
where every swing will support a, a nonprofit, turning your game into a force for change. Oh, how cool is that? I want to go. I want to learn a lot more about not just uh, the that activity, which I'll certainly participate in, but uh, who helped set it up. I think it's really good to see um, conferences integrating activities that folks like uh, in a way that uh, really incentivizes you to participate and get engaged. Um, and it's it's less a competition and more uh, a way to just enjoy yourself. And um, I I know that there are, is an outsized number of folks in the industry who enjoy golf as evidenced by the number of golf tournaments that happen to coincide with solar events. Another fun way for people to connect outside of the exhibit hall, for sure. And I, I liked hearing you mention that. I One thing I should, I'd be remiss not to mention is, again, with the solar games, the our very generous um, equipment sponsors, most have donated their equipment from the solar games to Twenday Solar for use in, in their projects around the, the world. So another thing you can feel really good about when you're on site. And this year, are the, are the participants, the manufacturer uh, participants going to be surrounding the solar games arena as they have in years past? That's a great question. And one I'd have to check with our sales team on. Okay. I well, if it's anything week. like last... The, the last couple of years, I believe that um, there is, it's a set, it's set up so that those vendors are close to the solar games, they're supporting it, and uh, it makes the, the arena, uh, it, gives a, it gives you an opportunity to go visit those vendors right, right outside of the arena. And as Candace mentioned, I've got a, a small role in helping ensure that you enjoy the solar game. So I definitely hope uh, that you will come and visit us there. We'll have Rudy on in a little bit to talk a little bit more about what the solar games is and why you should care. Candace, is there anything, any final word uh, of advice or tidbit of wisdom that you'd give to potential attendees to tip them over the edge, get them, get them towards the, towards San Diego to come hang out with us? You know, I think my final pitch would really be for folks to attend the keynotes. And these are open to all pass holders. Doesn't matter if you're there for the conference or to source products at the exhibit hall. Um, but we have a really, really, um, robust lineup of speakers. So uh, West Doan will kick off the event with a really exciting announcement, which I will say no more on. Um, from there, we'll have remarks from Miguel Romero from San Diego Gas and Electric, and then a, a keynote from Jesse Jenkins from Princeton University. Uh, he'll speak to challenges around cutting emissions and power while also expanding supply. Uh, day two, we've got representatives from Southern California Ed Edison, Grid Strategies, the USDOE, Generac, they're going to be speaking about how their uh, organizations are navigating challenges. And finally, John Zaranzik from Fluence Energy will explore what it takes to build a U.S. batteries storage supply chain. So there's going to be just a wealth of knowledge and an incredible range of perspectives and conversations occurring on site. I think that if you can make it, you, you should certainly book your ticket and use code SUNCAST while you're checking out to get 20% off your conference pass or free expo hall entry. I had to sneak that in. I love that you snuck that in. And I'll <laughs> note that the keynotes begin with Wes on Wednesday, the Gen 17 at 9 a.m. And where's that going to be located? At Just upstairs in the ballroom. Upstairs yep. in the ballroom at the San Diego Convention Center. Candace. Thank you for taking the time to help us unravel the complexities of planning for an event like InterSolar. I am so excited for those of you who are going to join Candace and I down in San Diego. I'll see you in just a few days. That sounds great. Thank you, Nico. It was a pleasure. 
hey, if you're looking for a way to maximize the ROI for your next utility project, I would like to point you to SunGrow's new SG4400 modular inverter. This new innovative solution will reduce capital and operating expenses because it arrives already on a skid with a step-up transformer. It's built using four 1100KW modules so that if one of them fails, well, the other three keep powering right on through as the DC and AC protection are completely separate between the modules. You can learn more about this fantastic new product and more at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. Well, next up, I'll invite Wes Doan, the Vice President of Energy Storage North America and InterSolar North America. Wes, it's great to see you again. Great to see you, Nico. I'd love to get a perspective for those who are perhaps unfamiliar with InterSolar North America and Energy Storage North America, the, the history, a brief history of the brand here in North America. Many are familiar with the InterSolar in Germany that has been a staple of annual conference going for many folks uh, in the global solar energy uh, sector. I first went to InterSolar as, as you in the Moscone mm-hmm. Center and have a <laughs> have an affinity for this concept that InterSolar happens in the summer in San Francisco. I got to be honest, though. I'm really glad that I'm going to San Diego in January. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, July in San Francisco ends up being foggy and cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, Nico. I'm glad to be here. Um, so InterSolar, you're right, launched in 08 in the U.S., and that was in Moscone Center in San Francisco. And it was there for many years. And it was under, as you said, the the ownership of the folks out of Germany that run InterSolar Europe. It was really seen as a San Francisco-centric show, right? So the the German company had seen this mass adoption of renewables in Europe and wanted to be a part of that in the U.S. and kind of thought it was coming here next. But at that time, you know, most of the solar companies in the U.S. were really concentrated in San Francisco. So you had this huge workforce just in the Bay Area. So it made a lot of sense to have the show there. And the show ran there until... 2018, I think was the last year it ran in San Francisco. Then it was purchased by the company I now work for, Diversified Communications. We purchased InterSolar North America, just the U.S. show from uh, the German outfit. And we've been running it since 2019. So it's been a a pretty wild ride. (laughs) I got to tell you, uh, I am not alone in having an affinity for InterSolar, the U.S. version, and candidly believing that it was going to disappear that it had run its course. And, um, you know, I've the number of people who've reached out to me, first of all, have been like, hey, thanks for the code. Uh, code Suncast will get you 20% off. Uh, I'll see you in San Diego has truly surprised me, which tells me that you've made a lot of smart decisions about how to revive the show. Because let's face it, it was it was in partnership with, and, a, and smartly so, Semicon West. Right. And for those who listened a couple of weeks ago to the episode with Stephen So, they'll recognize that, Semicon was the seminal event for anybody in the semiconductor industry. So it was a really, really smart move to be a, a sister event, one in which began to overshadow Semicon over the years and now naturally can stand on its own. So we're down in San Diego uh, the third week of January. Hopefully folks that are listening to this are starting to get their gears in, in, uh, in motion for how to maximize their time there. Could you talk a bit about the theme of this year's event and and why you believe that 
we're seeing greater traction and why the event is uh, at, at all-time high uh, attendance levels and and excitement. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for those uh, those kind words. I, I agree with you. I think we have been able to get the show to a, a, a good place, and we've seen that in the, in the growth of the event overall, which is really exciting. So the theme of the event this year is this idea of accelerating the energy transition. And uh, I think that ties back largely to is my belief or our belief as event organizers that by like the, the idea, if these work, right, if these conferences and trade shows work, it's that you're getting all these kind of industry folks together, thought leaders, and that by doing so, getting them together over this three or four day period, you're accelerating the rate of change. And we all know we need to accelerate the rate of change <laughs> in any way we can to adopt in, with, in, a, in relation to adoptions of more renewals, renewables, sorry. Um, so that has been our theme for the last couple of years is just to accelerate this energy transition. And what we're seeing is just kind of exponential growth in the event, which is really a reflection of the growth in the industry, right? Um, what I like about trade shows is they're kind of this barometer for how the industry is doing. Uh, so you kind of see this microcosm of the industry over these three days. And the growth has just been crazy for us since 2019, which is really encouraging. In the outset, we mentioned the affiliation, which persists with InterSolar Global. Yeah. I was curious to understand, does the brand recognition of InterSolar bring a broader audience from outside of the United States? Certainly one that might enjoy San Diego in, in the winter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, InterSolar Europe and InterSolar South America in particular are enormous events. Massive uh, shows. Yeah, massive, massive shows. And they have really high brand recognition in those regions. So, yes, we certainly see that we get a large contingent really from Europe and South America um, that are coming because they've either gone to the inner solar shows there or are familiar with the brand and are looking to do business in the U.S. So, yeah, it's definitely helped. And it looks like there's a ton of interest, certainly with things like the IRA fueling growth and interest in uh, domestic manufacturing here. You guys have so many interesting speakers and keynotes, one of which you'll be giving at 9 a.m. on uh, on Wednesday, the 17th, is that right? Um, which I would, I would highly encourage people to put on their calendars because there may be some uh, special announcements happening at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, the 17th in uh, the Grand Ballroom. But among the keynote speakers, the show floor, and the many other activities, I'd love to hear for someone who's been at InterSolar for eight years, what are you excited about this year? What what stands out as a thing that you is a not to miss for you? Yeah, um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the solar games. Um, this is something we launched in 2020. Gosh, it feels like years ago. It was years ago. It feels like 10 years ago, um, which is this really fun kind of dynamic live uh, install competition that happens right on the show floor uh, between these install teams from all over the country. And it's grown a lot in the last four years. This is definitely going to be our biggest one yet. Um, so just as like a, you know, observer, it's really fun to watch, but it's also just really cool to see these teams come from all over the country to do this. And it's always hosted by someone uh, dynamic and interesting in the industry. It is. We we are, tend to be lucky to get some uh, some pretty dynamic MCs there. So yeah, you're definitely going to want to check it out this year. <laughs> definitely check that one out this year. Yeah. We'll tell you, I've got, we've got uh, another, our, our final guest is going to come on, Rudy, to talk a little bit more about yeah. 
the solar game specifically. So we'll go into more detail there. But I have to say on behalf of all us OGs, can we bring back Battle of the Bands? Oh, I'm working on it. I'll just say that. <laughs> We're not I. We are working on it. Yes, we desperately want to. <laughs> All right. Wes yeah. Stone is vice president of Intersolar North American Energy Storage North America. Wes, I'll see you in a few days. I'll see you there. Thanks, Nico. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on Suncast. Yeah. You, thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void. But there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know, I can hardly believe it myself. (laughs) But that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show. If you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash Suncast, I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review. That's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today. So if the show has helped, inspired, or even entertained you at all, I'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. As we wrap this conversation on what to know before you go to InterSolar, one of the key and central themes uh, and activities, in fact, of InterSolar since 2020, now in its fourth edition, is the Solar Games. Here to give us a greater insight into the Solar Games is Rudy Sapri, Program Director at IBTS. And Rudy has been judging the Solar Games now in its fourth year since its inception in 2020. Good to see you, Rudy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nico. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things that I find when I go to conferences uh, is I try to find a place that I can anchor. Where can people meet me? Where can I grab a seat? And I have noticed that at InterSolar, possibly the best place is Solar Games. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great spot to sit. Um, One of the things I I literally just lose my mind about every conference, I, I wonder why we don't give them out now as our own swag is a bottle of water and a place to sit down. Um, and one that's fairly entertaining. We've got a good group of folks, uh, despite it sounding like a competition to watch grass grow, the install of the solar system, it, they've been pretty uh, fun events to watch. Pretty Yeah, and it really is two, con- two teams competing, installing a system. So could you talk a bit about the, the premise of Solar Games, how it operates, your role as a judge? And um, sort of why folks would find it interesting to set aside time in the their busy conference schedule to come and witness what's happening in the middle of the show floor. I think the premise overall was initially Divcom's effort to give a little bit of something alive to uh, the show that they were putting on to the InterSolar event and did so in a way that really showcased the core of the industry, and that's the installers. Uh, I've manage our work here at IBTS for the last decade in our efforts to provide quality management services to our clients. And one of the biggest things we identify, whether you have the most expensive tools or the greatest equipment, the the rubber really hits the road when it comes to your installation teams, the men and women on the roof that are installing these systems and doing so uh, within a, a large number of constraints, whether it be weather, timeline, 
uh, certain rooftops being custom, et cetera. Uh, this was a really good opportunity to, to add some life to the show and to do so in a way that I feel really touches the core of the solar industry. Teams that are better, more knowledgeable, both in equipment and in process and in strategy on a rooftop tend to have a better outcome, both within the games as well as uh, in real life. So I think that was a, an ace for the program or for the, the event itself in targeting those core uh, aspects of the industry and doing so in a way that was actually fun to watch during a conference that in, in many cases, these solar conferences have become mini banker conferences. They've gotten a little bit boring. So this is a cool <laughs> way for them to uh, remain install focused or solar focused conference. Indeed. I love that it does bring it right back to the uh, the fundamentals of what we're all about, which is getting more solar installed, getting more clean energy into the hands of consumers. The Institute for Building Technology and Safety, as you pointed out, is involved in standards and criteria, helping folks, yes. uh, you know, uh, build our infrastructure in safe uh, and integrated ways. As such, uh, you're a you're a natural fit for judging these competitions. Can you talk a bit about the judging criteria? Yeah, um, thank you. Um, and IBTS is a not for profit. Really, to your point, has put me in a position of no skin in the game other than improvement of quality overall. And I. I try to in my day-to-day -day work as well as my efforts to create the scoring metrics or the program around winning and losing within the program. I try to make it specific to uh, those core competencies, those uh, not gray but black or white kind of considerations. And I do so in a way uh, that approaches it from the trade itself. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. one of the few standards development, I won't say few, but one of the, uh, I guess, lucky ones that still mm -hmm. gets to play in the industry on the right. rooftops, despite not being a, an installer. Uh, I myself am out there oftentimes working with folks and, and getting them uh, the proper education or process that they need on site. So I approached that, F, uh, that program or that process within the games very much the same way. Uh, I know everybody's out there giving it their all, they're working very hard and Again, similar to real life, we've got a number of constraints, including time, quality, safety, uh, and a number of different things. So it's something I get nervous about, or I did in the previous three years, uh, right up until that first day where uh, Hannah or the folks at Divcom West and I were figuring out the final scoring. Uh, but mm -hmm. thankfully, in the last two years, uh, we've had a team assisting me, Travis Genestasio uh, from Revision Solar, as long along with Chris Pimbukis, Johan from K2 Solar. Uh, so thankfully, I'm able to put the direction out there, and we as a team were able to to put a lot of that effort together uh, and come up with a final scoring that doesn't necessarily leave everybody wanting to beat me up at the end of the games. Is there a way to paint broad strokes, at least on how the scoring stacks up, how folks from the audience might be able to better understand what team is doing better? Yeah, absolutely. So the scoring, while I won't give away any sort of secrets, uh, it is break, broken out into several categories. Those categories are safety, uh, equipment handling, inverter or point of interconnection, the batteries for the off-grid systems. Uh, modules themselves, the installation of the modules on top of the racking, the installation of the racking itself, wire management, uh, overall code compliance, and time. 
So there is a consideration. Uh, changes actually in each round. First round, uh, contestants can get a time bonus for finishing under 75 minutes. Uh, the full round itself is an hour and a half or 90 minutes. So if they finish within that 70 minutes, they get an additional 10 points. In the semifinal round, both teams would need to finish within that 75 minutes to get the time points. It's no longer a bonus. And then at the end of the game, we sort of switch it up uh, to make the time consideration. Uh, essentially, if you don't finish the install, you don't pass the final round. So there are uh, your main categories that we work within. And then within there, the whether it's an on-grid or off-grid system, the manufacturer-specific details or some of the considerations of how the install teams manage the equipment or materials on site are all considered in in what's going on. Uh, and for those who've seen the show, uh, will know, but <clears throat> for those interested, it's two live installs. They're going on yeah. the roof. They're installing 10 panels on top of a uh, pitched roof with asphalt yeah. shingles, the racking, the grounding, the bonding, the nuts and bolts from that rooftop attachment all the way back to the inverter or point of interconnection uh, is what goes on in those two hours. So uh, the judging is is it goes on during the actual event itself for the safety and the live considerations. And then we've got to, as a team, break the system all down and look at the nuts and bolts and actually reverse engineer this. So after everybody enjoys the show, me and the team get running on disassembly and and essentially getting into the deep details of each nut and bolt that checking gets checking torque and connections Absolutely. and yeah. all the all the specifics of uh, of the code. The devil's in the details, as I always say. Rudy, for those who haven't been to the show before, uh, or perhaps haven't been to the one in San Diego, I'm going to pull up the map here for those watching. Would you give us an orientation? How and where would I find the Solar Games, and what would I expect? to see when I get there. You just mentioned that there are two uh, sort of stages or roofs where people are working, how many teams, et cetera. Go ahead and unpack that for us. So as you mentioned, back in uh, the, the spot where it all started, essentially uh, this being our fourth game, we did two in um, Long Beach the last two years, and this one's going to be in the San Diego Convention Center. The Solar Games Arena is going to be in the far back left where it was that, that first year. Uh, so in terms of the rounds, uh, we have three sets of rounds, the initial round, the semifinal round, the final round, for a total of eight rounds, three of them occurring on Wednesday, three of them occurring on Thursday, and the final round will be Friday morning. Uh, eight teams will end up going head-to-head, one team on either roof, two teams per round to get through uh, those initial rounds. And I believe the last round, we're trying to set up a a way in this particular arena, they had enough lighting to actually cause the panels to turn on in that first year. So we were wow. able to use uh, a visual uh, cue of completion with a light that plugged in. So once the system was able to be powered on, I was actually cool. I came right down to the wire. It was right after the the timer went to zero. Uh, the the final team's light turned on, and again, one of the more exciting ways to watch grass grow. But it was really really <laughs> really cool show. Uh, and I hope this year will be the same. Uh, we've got Milwaukee as a sponsor, so the tools, uh, the teams on the roof will be using all Milwaukee tools, um, and hopefully, be using the right tools in the right area, or I'll be scoring them incorrectly. Uh, and it should be really cool. should Should be a great event. I'm I'm looking forward to it yet again. 
Fantastic. And uh, for those who are, again, trying to think through where it is on the show floor, you can either look for Startup Pavilion or it is located conveniently right alongside uh, K2 Systems and Meyer Burger, kind of sandwiched between them and Rooftech Inc. It's really easy to find over by the concession back left of the hall. And again, as Rudy mentioned, on Friday, the final event will start at 11 a.m. And yours truly plans to be there. Hope we'll see you at this year's Solar Games. Rudy, I'm looking forward to seeing how you and the judging crew uh, size up the competition. We'll see you in San Diego. Thank you. Looking forward to it, Nico. Well, I hope that you feel a little bit more equipped to join the crew down in San Diego, January 17, 18, and 19. And as we teased a couple of times, you should go to the keynotes. You should go check out the Solar Games, but there's so much more. I'm curious to know what's driving you to attend a conference like InterSolar down in San Diego, and what do you look to get out of it? Find me on LinkedIn or Twitter, if you're still using Twitter and X, uh, or you can just email me, podcast at suncast.me, and let me know your thoughts on how we could be serving you better or where we could meet in the world. I'd love to meet you face-to-face. If you would take a moment, please fill out our listener survey. Each year, we try to get as much data on how we can serve you better as possible. If you go to mysuncast.com, not only will you find the show notes for each and every episode and our information around how our sponsors are helping support the show, but you will see right on the homepage where we're going to be in the world like InterSolar and a listener survey. It gives us specific insight into what you like, what you don't like, what we could do more of, and what we could stop doing. So please... Be kind, be a friend, fill out the listener survey and give us better ways to help and serve you going into 2024. I mentioned our sponsors. I'm so grateful for them because they help make sure this show is free for you each and every week. So you just have to pay your time and attention. I'm grateful for them. They've kept me employed for the last eight years and I want to thank them officially and formally. You could find out more about them on our homepage as well as at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor where we've listed all of their various uh, calls to action so that you can figure out how to leverage their expertise in your project or business. I hope you will. Also, I want to remind you that you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.